David. David. Just kidding, guys. It's just me this week. Um, David is out working. So, welcome to the Hoop Southbound Podcast. It's Maddie, and this is what I got for you this week. We're going to be going over a little bit of recruiting and transfer news. going to be talking to Skeeter from the Woods Watered Mizzou podcast, as well as Christian Sykes from Crimson Crossover. Talking a little bit Alabama basketball. Um, we've got some games and scheduling updates for you today. So, by all means, let's jump in. So, jumping in. The big news today for Kentucky, a team that's been a little bit of a hot button issue due to their lack thereof of action in the transfer portal and some of their um, current all-stars, I guess you would say, either staying in the draft when they weren't expected to or just straight up transferring. Uh, Jordan Burks is going to Kentucky. He was formerly... Uh, signed a national letter of intent with Ole Miss, has since committed to Kentucky um, to continue adding to their pretty deep freshman roster. And now we heard Coach Cal say uh, a couple weeks ago that, um, you know, he was big in kind of getting a mix of freshmen, um, some more experienced talent, but we just see him keep adding to that list of newcomers But he is a three-star. He played at Hillcrest and added quite a bit to their lineup, looking at 46.7% in uh, field goal percentage, an average of 28 points per game, and 41% from three. Now kind of looking at um, this past year's roster, that's going to definitely add um, to their offensive strategy a little bit. We had a lot of Oscar Shibwe getting it done down low. Um, but I think with some of these new freshmen coming in and a couple of the transfers that they've nabbed as well, it's going to help stretch the floor. So we may see a different offensive strategy from Kentucky this year. Uh, another big point, and we'll talk a little bit um, with Skeeter about this later, is that Isaiah Mosley is transferring out of Mizzou, but they have added Tamar Bates from Indiana. And as we talked about last week, Connor Vanover as well. So kind of going into that, um, I think we're going to see some solid points from Mizzou here. Uh, You know, a lot of people were worried about Kobe Brown staying in the draft. Um, A few key players also transferring out, but you've got some solid solid players that were on their team last year that are sticking to Mizzou and some great transfers um, that I think will add a lot for Dennis Gates, which we saw do wonders with the Mizzou team that everybody thought was going to be near the bottom of the SEC that finished, um, had a fantastic finish last year. So I think everyone, the consensus is that we're excited to see what he does with this Mizzou team this year, especially with some of those more experienced players after having um, the season that they had last year. Moving on to Auburn, another team um, that some people were a little worried about after uh, some transfers going out and some people staying in the draft as well. LeBaron Billing. Um, still showing some interest in Auburn. He decommitted back in April, but um, he has since made a release that it's still one of his top choices. So Auburn fans don't lose faith yet. He is still 
looking into uh, San War Eagle in this season. Um, Zion Pullen committed to Florida. I know we had mentioned last week that uh, Florida was still on the table um, in his list of schools that could be a potential transfer. So officially committed to Florida, adds another solid position to uh, this Florida team that we thought may struggle this season. But as their roster builds, I think we've got a lot to look forward to. And I'm sure the player everyone is excited to hear about. Fortunately, we don't have any more news. Um, Grant Nelson uh, caused a little bit of a stir up in the basketball Twitter world. Uh, those listening are familiar with it. Um, somebody had released that Grant Nelson had committed to Alabama, which apparently was a false claim. He has not made a commitment yet, but I think some of his family members were getting a little up in arms um, that somebody put that news out there. So hopefully we will hear um, by the time we release the podcast tomorrow. But as far as we know, it is still up in the air between Arkansas and Alabama for Grant Nelson. Uh, we'll talk a little bit later uh, with Christian Sykes about Grant and what he is expecting that Grant can add to the Alabama roster. And of switching gears over here, um, looking at getting closer to basketball season, more and more news coming out about who's going to play who, where we're going to play, and what kind of games we're going to get to see um, in the preseason before we get to official conference basketball. Some big news out of Mississippi today. Southern Miss and Ole Miss will play in Biloxi. Uh, Chris Beard has confirmed in a press conference a fantastic game for the state of Mississippi. I think Chris Beard's excited, you know, to get some experience under his belt over at Ole Miss, especially with all these transfers, all these commitments that he's getting from players to kind of see what this roster is really going to do for him. I think Southern Miss has, you know, got a big chunk of, of fans down in Southern Mississippi around the Biloxi area. So um, along with the fact that Chris Beard's there, they're getting top-tier talent. I think this will be a fantastic opening game uh, for Chris Beard and the Ole Miss Rebels. Is that what we're calling them? Are they the Sharks? I, I can't I can't keep up with that. I don't even remember. Moving a little bit east, uh, we're going to talk about South Carolina is taking its first foreign tour uh, since 2016, they will be going to the Bahamas this summer. Um, I think this shows a lot of uh, a lot of promise for Lamont Paris um, as he moves through this program. He's continuing to increase interest. You know, you see players transferring or players committing. They're going to want to go to a program that they're going to get to experience more than just school and a little bit of basketball on the side. You know, if you're looking at a school that is known for taking some of these foreign tours or some of these summer trips, I feel like players are going to be more drawn to look at that added benefit. So I think, you know, it's definitely going to increase interest over at South Carolina as Lamont Paris continues to build and, you know, shows more recognition for this program. You know, you see people talk about these foreign tours, um, like 
Arkansas released a ton of content on theirs. I know for sure last year we saw the same thing from Kentucky. We saw the same thing um, from a lot of the SEC schools that are pretty consistent with taking their foreign tours. And I feel like it helps build team morale. Um, It's going to build good chemistry for this team. So I think it's definitely a promising start to the season for Lamont Paris and the Gamecocks. Sticking in South Carolina, we had some big news out of women's basketball today. Don Staley announced um, they will be adding their most expensive program trip to date with a six-figure game in Paris. She is taking her South Carolina women's basketball team to Paris to play Notre Dame in their season opener. I think this is super exciting for women's basketball. You know, we see these games pretty frequently in the men's field, but not so often when it comes to women's. So I think, you know, taking the recognition that South Carolina has gained over the years from being one of the top dogs in women's basketball and going overseas, you know, you see more and more interest overseas in men's, but not so much in women's. So hopefully this kind of expands, especially the college world, um, when it comes to women's basketball and we see this as a huge step forward in helping the sport grow, you know, super excited um, to watch this game, to get, to get a little, uh, get a little foreign tour action themselves Um, showing that this game is going to cost around 175,000, which the majority um, of women's basketball programs spend, I, I think the stat that I read was somewhere between 500,000 to uh, 900,000 on their women's basketball programs in total. So this is huge for South Carolina. This is huge for women's basketball overall. And Don Staley should be super proud of taking this huge step Um not just for her team, but for women's basketball in general. All right, as we inch closer to basketball season, um, we're going to start taking a look at a deeper dive into some teams, some fans, some commentators, if you will, um, on some certain teams. So today we're going to talk to Skeeter from the Woods, Water, and Mizzou podcast, kind of get his ideas on what he thinks the 2023 season 2023-2024 season is going to bring to the Missouri Tigers and Dennis Gates. All right, so today we're talking to Skeeter from the Woods, Water, and Mizzou podcast. How's it going, man? It's going. How are you? Doing pretty good. Another another Monday in the books. That's it. (laughs) Another Monday closer to basketball season, so I'll take (laughs) it. We have football season first. Yeah, I mean, as a Razorback fan, I don't really get too excited about that anymore. <laughs> it's a big year for us. We might be sending drink what's back to y'all if uh, we don't have a good year. <laughs> hey, I mean, he grew up in in the town I grew up in, so I, yeah. I can't say much. Be like, oh, well, he's from he's from my hometown, so there you go. <laughs> yeah. All right, so Skeeter, want to have you on today? Just kind of look at uh, what you're thinking. 2023, 2024 is going to bring for Mizzou basketball. Um, kind of looking over 
how your team ended last year, had a fantastic run the 2022-2023 season under Dennis Gates. He did some great things, um, you know, that nobody was really expecting. So I know you guys are super proud of the season that you had, and I know a bunch of people are super excited um, to to tack onto that momentum and get going this year. Yeah, it was, uh, you know, we, we went in like – the, uh, the majority of the fan base, like if we make the tournament, it's a heck of a year. Well, by the time it got around to SEC play, I think those expectations were, we better make the tournament. You know, like we, we started showing the signs and the fan base really rallied around the team and it, it brought a lot of life and energy back to Mizzou Arena and Mizzou Twitter uh, that we've been lacking for a few years, you know, we'd been kind of stale. So we were excited for it. Uh, I really like the ending, <laughs> but I guess there's only one team at the end of March that's really happy. And I mean, when, when you look back big picture, it was a great year and hopefully it's a stepping stone of going forward. Yeah, for sure. So speaking of that year, you guys are going into this season um, with a lot of minutes kind of left, a lot of points left on the court um, with how many people have either transferred, graduated, or put their name into the NBA draft. So just kind of looking over that, um, the production loss, uh, the ones that have left, it's about 56.6 minutes, uh, 65.4 points, and 64.6 three-pointers made. Um, and, you know, just kind of looking at that, that looks like a huge hole. But I know you guys have had some great work in the transfer portal, um, and you guys have a lot left on the bench that were around for last season. So what are your thoughts on that? Well, I mean, the two big contributors that we're losing – is obviously Kobe Brown, as y'all did your draft profile on him. Uh, so he's going to the league. And then Demoy Hodge. And those two were were key pieces. Uh, if they were both off, it was not going to be a good night for Mizzou basketball. So losing them is go going to be hard to replace. Uh, Kobe was kind of the leader of the team. Mm -hmm. at least from the outside looking in. Uh, and Des Moines just brought a different energy. But as far as losing production with today's time of transfer portal, it's not as scary as it used to be, right? Because used to, you, you, you know, sign these players and then you built your team. And every two or three years you had an older team and, that's when you're really expecting, and then you kind of reset, you know, except for your your blue bloods like Duke and and them. But for the most part, most programs would take runs at it with their rosters. And so now you're able to grab guys out of the transfer portal and plug them in. And, I mean, it's sitting here looking at, at our roster. It's pretty – it's still an older roster now. Uh for losing the percentage of production we did, it's not a big drop off. It's you would expect a younger 
team coming in, but yeah. it's it's pretty much an upper class team. Yeah, I know um we had mentioned the transfer portal. Um, two of the big ones that I kind of wanted to point on is that Isaiah Mosley did leave, but we got Tamar Bates from Indiana, and then you guys got Connor Vanover from ORU. So definitely filling some of those gaps. Um, like I said, with Kobe Brown, Demoy Hodge, and now Isaiah Mosley. But the bench is still pretty packed. A lot of you know players that did produce last year and some of those transfers. So out of that, who are you most excited about on this season? I mean, for me, a little selfish is Noah Carter because he's came on our podcast a couple of times. So feel like you have a personal relationship with somebody you talked to a few times, but uh, see what, what Noah does because uh, he'll have a little bit more of a lead role. But uh, there's a transfer from Colorado State John Tanjay, and when I watch his highlights, like, really excited about him. We have, depending on which uh, ranking system you look at, uh, some of them have this guy as number one Juco transfer, and it's uh, guard Kurt Lewis, and you watch his stuff, and he flies. Now, going from Juco to SEC is a little bit of a step. We, we learned that last year with Mohamed DR, who was supposed to be number one juco transfer and at the beginning of the year he was very limited minutes into the bench and as he got caught up to the speed of the game he, he become kind of critical to us and now he transferred to nc state but uh so there might be a little bit of a learning curve there for kurt lewis but then you got like caleb grill coming in from iowa state uh who's you know played in some big games and and whatnot so it's just kind of – it's more not so much individual players. It's this is year two of Dennis Gates. What – you know, this is really going to tell us more of what kind of program he's building. Uh, love everything about the man, who he is, how he presents himself. And I think he's built a great staff around him. But more interested to see does he change his style to the roster or is it this is his style and he recruits guys that fit his style? Yeah, I could definitely see that. I mean, he, you know, from what we've learned last year, is an excellent coach. And, you know, I'm excited personally to see what he does with this Mizzou team this year. So yeah. kind of, you know, talking about the the pieces and the building blocks that that he's put into place as a Mizzou fan, what is going to like what what point do you guys need to get to to make your fan base happy do you think right now uh well i mean we got the four seed in the sec tournament last year uh so you know kind of have that as a base uh, you know you don't you don't want to see us step back wins and losses uh i believe he's a high character coach and has a high character program or that's what I'm hoping for, at least going forward. It seems to be every bit of that so far. But, uh, I mean, really, I want to see us make the tournament again, hopefully win more than one game. Uh, I don't really know what I would call a, a success because the season's so long, injuries can happen. 
you know, there, there might be surprise teams across the SEC that, you know, knocks us back down a little bit, or we might be the surprise team and we, we move up from that four seed in the SEC tournament. So I don't really have an exact answer. Um, winning season would be <laughs> the big thing. There you go. That's always something to look forward to. Yeah. Yeah. All right, Skeeter. Well, thanks so much for coming on today. Um, excited to, I'm sure we'll talk at some point in the season um, to see how Dennis Gates and your Mizzou Tigers do. Well, hopefully, uh, it, I guess we did a little bit of a trade kind of through Oral Roberts. Y'all got, uh, my mind just went blank. I'm looking at his face. Who? Uh, Trevor Brazil. Yes, Trevor Brazil hurt his knee, so we didn't get to play him last year. I did do a little smack talking just because he made some Mizzou comments, but that was just smack talking. I did not like that he got hurt. I was actually disappointed. Uh, a lot of people took it as literal, and it was not literal. But we get Connor Vanover, and so I'm sure there will be some Arkansas fans probably paying a little bit more attention to Mizzou just to see what kind of minutes and what kind of player Vanover's turned into, right? Yeah, I think it'll be an interesting matchup for for sure when Arkansas and Mizzou play. So we'll have to have you back on, talk a little uh, Tigers versus Hogs when it comes to time. Tigers always should win that. <laughs> I don't know about that. <laughs> well, thank you for having me on and uh, really enjoy the content y'all are putting out. Yeah, of course. Thank you. Thank you for coming on. Um, so where can the people find you that, that don't know how to? Uh, you can find us on Twitter, on Instagram, on uh, YouTube, at Mizzou Pod. Uh, and then I believe we also have a Facebook page, Woods, Water, Mizzou. Uh, come on there and talk smack with us. That's what we like doing. I, that That's the joy of sports, right? It's your team winning gives you the ability to talk smack. <laughs> I mean, it it really doesn't affect your personal life aside from maybe going by the championship gear whenever your team wins. It affects your bank account, but <laughs> the the real fun is the other fan bases and being able to talk a little bit of noise back and forth. So we enjoy the fan friendly banter and come on there and give us a chance for sure. Sounds good. Well, thanks again for coming on, and we look forward to talking to you uh, closer to the season. All right. Thank you. Thanks. All right. We want to thank Skeeter again for coming on the show, um, kind of giving us his two cents on what he's expecting for Mizzou and what we think is going to happen with these transfers, these players coming in. Um, really excited to see what Coach Gates cooks up with this roster and this lineup. And now that we talked about a team that we didn't have huge expectations for this past year to a team that we had ginormous expectations for that definitely filled that spot, um, we're talking about the number one seed in March in 2023, Alabama, with Christian Sykes from Crimson Crossover. All right, we want to welcome into the show Christian Sykes from Crimson Crossover. How's it going, Christian? good how are you doing pretty good um getting ready you know one one more monday closer to basketball season so excited about that 
Yeah, I think John Rothstein said it was like 21 weeks or something like that yesterday uh, until basketball. So uh, off season's in full force right now. There we go. Uh, yeah, I noticed a bunch of teams are kind of starting to release some preseason games, some foreign tours. So it'll be exciting to kind of jump into it and get to see where all the teams are at before we officially get started. Yeah, for sure. So speaking of, um, kind of next step for Alabama, we're looking at the NBA draft. They've got um, some good prospects. I was just going to get your thoughts on that. Um, I know a lot of the current draft projections show Brandon Miller at two, going to the Hornets possibly at three, and Noah Clowney um, most consistently at number 26. Yeah, so um... – Brandon Miller, obviously, I think the consensus right now is that he's going to be the second overall pick to the Hornets. Um, I think that that pairs well with um, LaMelo Ball, mm -hmm. um, you know, kind of building out a young core, uh, LaMelo Ball, Terry Rozier, um, and then Brandon Miller. Um, I think that's a I think it's a good duo or a good trio. Um, I think it's a good spot. And then selfishly, I live in Charlotte, so. Having uh, Bryce Young for the Panthers and then Brandon Miller for the Hornets would be would be quite the dream for me. Hey, no, you're uh, all Yeah, kind of excited about that. Um, and then Noah Clowney, um, a lot of the mocks have him late uh, first round. I wouldn't be surprised to see him jump in the top 20. Um, I know a lot of teams like his athleticism, um, and he's a, he's a young guy. Um, mm. And they think that, you know, his defensive upside as well as – his shooting, which at times was really, really good, and at other times, you know, it was, he's kind of inconsistent. Um, I wouldn't be surprised to see him jump up because he's more of like a prototypical type of player. Um, and then lastly, uh, I think the surprise of the offseason, at least for Alabama, was Charles Bediaco um, staying in the draft. Um, the consensus – for him was that he was coming back, which is um, I assume we're going to talk a little bit about some of the potential uh, news that came out today um, here in a, in a little bit. But um, the thought was that he was coming back next year. Um, and when we, when we heard that he was leaving, um, it was, I believe uh, this is, this is just from what I was told he got, you know, a deal from, or a, not a deal, a promise from a team that they would at least put him on a two-way contract, um, similar to uh, J.D. Davison last year and then Keon Ellis um, as well from Alabama last year. Um, and from his point of view and just the general perspective of um, coming back versus going, um, his defense isn't going to improve any more than it already is because he's a first-team SEC all the defensive player that's not going to really change much um his offensive game is going to improve more in the NBA than in college basketball because you're going to have you know specific guys or specific trainers there on staff to work on your offensive game um so as far as his stock was concerned it wasn't really gonna you know go up that much more and he's a big man you know when you can get money you go get money so um, don't blame him. Wish him, you know, as much success as possible um, in his NBA career. But um, definitely a blow to 
you know, Alabama's team next season um, as the expectation was that he'd be back. Yeah, for sure. And, you know, speaking of next season, um, they're with your big names that you mentioned, Brandon Miller, Noah Clowney, and Betty Ako, um from last year's team going into the draft and a pretty new crop of recruits coming in. What are your expectations for the season ahead for Alabama? Uh, it's it's tough. Um, at least my it, it's it's a it's a tough thing to kind of project, mainly because we have so many new guys coming in. Um, you have, um, you know, Aaron Estrada from um, Hofstra, and then you have Latrell Wrightsell coming in from uh, Cal State Fullerton, and then you have potentially, and I know we'll talk about him. Uh, Grant Nelson, um, Arkansas was also recruiting him as well, um, potentially committing from North Dakota State, um, as well as bringing in, I think we brought in four, four freshmen. Um, so all in all, you have seven, most likely eight new players on a team that, you know, at once at one point last season was ranked number one in the country, was a number one overall seed. Um it's going to be tough to – it's always tough to replace a guy like Brandon Miller. Mm-hmm. Um, I do know that when we were doing our recruiting, um, you know, setting up the recruiting board for last season, Noah Connie was expected to be back on the team. Um, the He would he kind of surprised a bunch of people when – or surprised the staff when he came in, you know, as ready as he, as he was. Um, obviously, him going – first round is a benefit for Alabama, but, you know, you look at how we recruited uh, Sam Walters, um, Mo Diobate, um, and then Chris Parker. That's kind of the wings that we recruited. Um, Davin Cosby is a little bit more of a two. Um, those guys are a little bit more projects than um, obviously Sam Walters being the highest rated recruit. He's, probably going to be a rotational guy for us Moe's also probably going to be a rotational guy for us and this is as of now um from what I know obviously offseason can change that you know get people into summer workouts so I don't want people listening to this to <laughs> to quote me back in you know February when when they're both uh when some of these guys are you know outperforming what expectations were yeah. um but as far as expectations I I think as of right now, we're probably going to be a six or a five seed in the NCAA tournament, um, probably in that four to six range in the SEC. Um, I think that's a pretty solid, you know, expectation for Alabama over the past, you know, four seasons since Oates has been here. Obviously, the first season was a little bit of a rough year, but, you know, since then, that's that's kind of been where we where we are at. Um now, if we add, um, you know, another guy, another, you know, four potentially, obviously I think the expectation changes, but that's kind of where I have us right now um, based off of just, you know, knowledge of kind of roster construction. And um, I don't really, I haven't really gotten any information on summer workouts or anything like that. Yeah. Gotcha. So obviously the, the big thing on every Arkansas and Alabama fans mind right <laughs> now is uh, Grant Nelson. Um, we saw some tweets earlier today, uh, we're recording this late Monday night and 
some reports saying Grant Nelson committed to Alabama and then some of his family members that seemed very angry that people were reporting that he committed to Alabama. Yeah, uh, I would I would say that the, the expectation is that that's what was said was the expectation is that he's going to commit. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not a person that likes to ruin a kid's, you know, decision. um by spoiling it um i that's not me saying i know for 100 percent certainty where he's going um that's just everything i've heard since his visit last week um has been extremely positive for alabama um i i think that that the fit is very good he's a you know 611 guy that can stretch the you know stretch the floor um go outside the arc and shoot and also is a has an ability to handle the ball. Um, one is one potential problem is, you know, defensive, you know, potential. Um, I think he's a good defender, but obviously I don't think he's on the same level as Charles Bediaco. That'd be hard to replace. Um, but, you know, I, I think that he's being pitched at Alabama as replacing Brandon Miller, um, which, you know, when you say, Hey, come replace the potential number two overall pick in the draft. I think that's a pretty solid recruiting pitch. Yeah. Um, so again, I, I would not, um, I wouldn't say that he's a hundred percent committed. Um, I wouldn't say that he's committed at all. I would just say that right now, the expectation is that it is Alabama. Um, and if it is, I think that that, you know, definitely, definitely fills a hole that we have um, on the roster. Yeah, for sure. Me and David talked about it last week a little bit. Um, I was kind of shocked that he didn't even show up at Baylor. But, um, you know, that was that was kind of my consensus is that it was going to be in between Baylor and Alabama, A, because I didn't know Arkansas had any more roster spots open, and uh, B, just because, you know, you see them lose Brandon Miller, Charles Bediaco, he's going to get a lot more playing time, um, in my personal opinion at Alabama or be able to see a lot more potential playing time than he might at Arkansas. Well, I also will say that, you know, credit to Arkansas, their, uh, their uh, funds are uh, a lot larger than um, that of Alabama, at least rumored, you know, everything's rumors. You never know, you know, exactly what numbers actually correct, but some of the stuff I've been seeing is, (laughs) it's a, it's a lot larger than what uh, anything that we could potentially offer, which, you know, that's that's why Arkansas gets, you know, these great players come in and and play, you know, and commit to them is because, you know, they have the resources to be able to do that. Um, so credit to Musselman and, you know, the Arkansas donors and the NIL collective that, that they have there. Credit to Walmart and Tyson and uh, JB, JB Hunt. <laughs> I think our best is throwing their hat in the ring now, too. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think I don't think Alabama has. We used to have the. Uh, CEO of Lockheed Martin as a as an alum but I don't think we have Walmart money I don't think we have JB Hunt Tyson I don't think we have any of those those type of uh big conglomerates uh, to be able to uh to help out so um but yeah you're right I think playing time um it was was a critical decision um and then also I think uh I think another thing is um just he wants and I'm not saying Arkansas doesn't send guys to the NBA um, but Alabama's 
Alabama's kind of offensive style is a little bit driven NBA, you know, quick shooting threes, uh, kind of showcases perimeter shooting a little bit better than Arkansas does. Um, and I think that, you know, that's intriguing to a guy that's 6'11 and wants to get out on the perimeter and show that he can play in the NBA. So, um, yeah, for sure. I think uh, we learned a lot when Jordan Walsh had his interview and basically <laughs> said that he's not in the Arkansas bubble anymore. So that that would make sense for sure. Yeah, that's that's crazy for a guy. I, my that's crazy for a guy to say that. Uh, I I mean, maybe he feels that way, but that's just that's not something you you normally see. Um, but yeah, that's that's my that's just kind of what my thoughts on Alabama's. Uh, offseason thus far um we had some scheduling news come out today uh play Creighton on the 16th and then Indiana State on November 10th so you know getting a little bit more scheduling news hopefully we get that ACC SEC uh scheduling information out um kind of intrigued to see the dates on that and see where you know where everyone lines up yeah those will be some exciting games um I think some good potential for some good points on the board when it comes to the postseason um you know whether you get one in the win loss win or loss column yeah because uh, those are two teams that aren't aren't going to be bad losses if it does happen yeah for sure but thanks again for coming on christian um if the people don't already know uh tell them where they can find you yeah so uh you can find me at ct sykes 13 on twitter um at crimson x over on twitter because crimson crossover doesn't fit on a twitter at um be sure to check out our you know twitter spaces if you if you want to we're trying to do those once a month in the off season um changing up our schedule a little bit we're actually introducing a podcast um next next season um to kind of cut up some of our uh spaces so we're not doing them four times a week so be on the lookout for that um and yeah i mean uh, actually, let me shout out uh, one thing. Andrew Parrish, um, our, one of our staff writers, I think is at Andrew Parrish one um, on Twitter. He actually came out with a um, scholarship tracker um, for every single D1 program. Um, so it has all 353 teams um, and it has you know, breakdowns by freshmen, sophomore, junior, seniors, super seniors, et cetera, um, whether or not they're transfers. And on top of that, he also has a tool that you can go and use that um, goes and shows you where your transfers are coming from. Um, so it's like a USA map and it has it by location by like school. So you can go click on Arkansas, for example, and it'll show you, you know, I think it goes back to like 2015 or 2016, but like Ricky council, for example, which show you came, he came from, uh, what was it? Wichita state. Um, so be sure to go check that out. He does great work for us. And, uh, um, sorry, I just had to plug him a little bit. Uh, cause. Oh, that's awesome. Um, that sounds amazing, especially, you know, for those people who have kind of been out of basketball for a while when it comes to, you know, keeping up with transfer portal, um, good to see where those fresh faces are coming from. Yeah, yeah. So be sure to check him out. Um, and and that that's all the plugs I really have. All right. Well, thanks again, Christian, for coming on. Um, I know we'll be talking to you probably throughout the season, and yeah. we're excited to see what happens with the with the Crimson Crossover podcast. It'll be fun. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you, and thank you for having me on.
All right. We want to thank Christian again. Make sure you guys go check him out on Twitter and definitely check out Andrew Parrish. It sounds like a fantastic tool that I will definitely be diving into um, as we get closer to the season to take a deeper look at some of these rosters. I want to thank you guys for tuning in so much this week. Um, Really appreciate it. We definitely miss David. I miss David because I'm not great at doing this on my own. Um, Even though I do tend to talk to myself a lot, it's definitely a little bit more weird um, on camera. So if you guys have any suggestions, anything you want to hear us talk about leading up to season or possible ideas for end season, feel free to hit us up, Uh, send us a message, shout us out on Twitter, do what you got to do, but we'll definitely take um, some listener comments into consideration as we get closer. um, Yeah. We're excited for the season. We hope you're excited for the season Um, Coming up, we'll have the NBA draft, so we'll talk more about that as we get closer and as it starts to go into effect. Excited to see what comes out for these SEC players, especially, you know, Brandon Miller. We talked about possibly going number two. Um, Anthony Black's draft stock continues to rise, so super excited about that as an Arkansas fan and just excited to see what happens in the SEC this season. Thank you guys so much for tuning in. Have a great week.